If you're talking with somebody in the know about the future of healthcare, chances are it won't be long until somebody drops the term artificial intelligence. It's sometimes looked at with excitement or fear or confusion, which is why we talk about it on the podcast a lot. There's a lot of research going on at the moment when it comes to artificial intelligence in healthcare, and rightfully so. We're a risk-averse industry dealing with people's lives, and we need a lot of evidence before even considering adopting anything new or different. Sometimes the world of research and behind-the-scenes academia is very different to the real world. Well, today with me is Sandeep Reddy, and in this episode, we're talking about AI in healthcare specifically through the lens of academia as well as business. We're also going to talk about some practical applications of artificial intelligence in healthcare and what the future might look like as well. So collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Sandeep Reddy, medical informatician, health program evaluator, translational medicine specialist, academic and entrepreneur. He's a certified health informatician, a certified health executive, a World Health Organization recognized digital health expert, a fellow with the Australasian College of Health Service Management and European Academy of Translational Medicine. The list of achievements and qualifications and positions and papers and patents and publications that Sandeep have under his belt relating to healthcare and health informatics and AI is probably long enough to make an entire episode of this podcast alone. But trust me, he's qualified. Sandeep, how are you? I'm fine, Pete. Thanks for having me on this podcast. It's great to have you on the show. I put you on that list of people that need to be on the Talking Health Tech podcast for us to call it a a reputable resource and uh, reference of people in the know when it comes to digital health, particularly in Australia, but also around the world. But for those that don't know Sandeep, I didn't do you justice in your intro, but tell us a bit more about you and your background. Thanks, Pete, for the kind uh, bio introduction. My career has been really varied. I started off as a medical doctor and then I moved into medical education. And after a couple of years, then transitioned to working in the public sector in uh, New Zealand and then here in Australia. And after 10 years in that kind of career setting, I moved in back into academia. So it's been a full circle so far. Mm, okay. Tell us about from the business side and how you've been involved in healthcare as well. Tell us a bit more about what you've done there. Absolutely. And a couple of years ago, when I was engaged in artificial intelligence and healthcare research, I also wanted to get a perspective of how it actually means from a market end of views and from an applied point of view. And as you may realize, academic settings have a particular defined boundaries and I wasn't really able to indulge my aspirations in relation to that. So that's when I moved into the business end of things. I was fortunate to find a like-minded business partner who doesn't come from a medical background, but has got a strong technical background and we set up this entity called Medii, had an interesting journey with that. And I can speak about that a bit later. Yeah. I am keen to learn a bit more about that in a minute. But then, you know, so you've got this strong healthcare academic background, but also good experience on the business side as well. So from your experience then, is the theory when it comes to healthcare academia anywhere near aligned to what happens practically on a day-to-day? 
Yeah, just to set some context, prior to me entering hardcore into medical AI, I was also involved with public health, data science in other settings. And I've been fortunate and blessed to have had that experience across three continents, including the United States, the European continent, and here in Oceania, in Australia and New Zealand. So one of the common recurring theme is access to healthcare. And no matter which part of the world you travel, access to healthcare is a difficult issue and a complex issue to address. So that's something that I've always been interested in. How do we able to bridge that gap from where there's promise in delivering healthcare, but in reality is that many people find it difficult to access healthcare either because of geographical issues or financial barriers. So I think artificial intelligence definitely has a promise in that sense even though there's been other technologies that have come in the past promising to address that particular gap, I think artificial intelligence on its own has its merits. So that's where I'm really, really interested in how to see the theoretical end of things, but also see from an applied end of things. And it really aligns back to my other previous work in healthcare settings, whether I was working in very remote parts of New Zealand or working in remote parts of Australia and now using advanced smart technology to address that particular issue. You mentioned artificial intelligence, and that's where you've got a lot of your expertise as well in this space when it comes to its application in healthcare. And you've seen it, I'm going to say before the hype, as nothing new, but whenever you talk about healthcare innovation and what's exciting and next in healthcare, artificial intelligence is going to come up. But Tell us about that journey of AI in healthcare over the years and how you've seen it, especially over geographies as well. It's a very good question again. So just for your listeners, one of the things that I need to make it clear is that even though I'm not a computer scientist by background, I do have a PhD in data analytics. And prior to me entering in terms of my research, but also in terms of my business interest into artificial intelligence, I had long-standing experience working with data with international organizations like the World Health Organization in Europe, specifically in Copenhagen, and then working with various government entities in New Zealand using data for healthcare planning. And then here in Australia in the Northern Territory government, again, using data for hospital-related planning. So my experience with data has been quite extensive, but there's always something to learn in artificial intelligence, especially considering the uh, development. So from that point of view, I do have some experience and interest in artificial intelligence, but artificial intelligence as such has been longer than me, longer than my lifespan. And in the past, there had been two so-called winters when there was interest and hype around artificial intelligence. And because it failed to deliver, there was lack of interest. And then there was the onset of those winters. But unlike those past two winters, we are in a very, very different climate now. So if you look at the reasons why there was that artificial intelligence winters or lack of interest is because of the lack of infrastructure or limited infrastructure to support those kind of promises. So unlike that previous scenarios, right now we do have appropriate infrastructure, considerable investment from both from the government and also from big tech companies. So I think we're in a different climate. So I don't see 
a possibility of a new winter, the artificial intelligence winter, but definitely in the past years, we have had some hype about artificial intelligence doing mm. that, doing this, but then when you look at the reality, yeah. it isn't so. There's different lenses people look at when it comes to artificial intelligence in healthcare. For example, someone might come very strong from the view that the role and the purpose of AI is to replace clinicians or do the diagnostics, and then that's the core role of AI. Whereas others might look at it through the lens of, well, there's an opportunity to pick up a lot of things that wouldn't have otherwise happened, and pattern recognition is really important. So that's the role in the background to perhaps augment the role of a clinician or the system when it comes to AI. I really like the perspective that you gave earlier, which is the potential role of AI when it comes to improving accessibility of healthcare, particularly in different parts of the world. Tell us a bit more about that and your views, either more generally when it comes to the role of AI in healthcare or quite specifically when it comes to increasing accessibility when it comes to AI. So the statements that usually come about AI replacing medical doctors or clinicians usually comes from people who do not have that long-standing experience in healthcare service, mm. either from a clinical point of view or from a planning point of view. So we have to be very careful about those statements. So we have seen various technologies come into healthcare sector, and there's been some hype and promise about that, but they failed to deliver or they haven't really lived up to their potential. But unlike those previous technologies, I think, again, to reiterate, artificial intelligence has its own sort of intrinsic value. I'll come to that a bit later. But one of the things that we need to note in healthcare is that healthcare is not perfect. At this stage, if you look at the ambulance uh, ramping, emergency department overcrowding, hospitals facing crisis, that's just tip of the iceberg. There are many, many issues in healthcare, things that don't seem to have solutions. and Many healthcare planners, stakeholders are running out of solutions to address that. And we can't afford to keep the status quo. We really need to be open to new solutions, but other alternative thinking. And I think that's where artificial intelligence plays a role. So one issue we already discussed is the access issue. But the other issues I want to quickly mention is, if I may, is the workforce issue. So there is a considerable mismatch between the demand for healthcare and the supply of workforce. And the main reason is it takes an awful period of time to train medical doctors. I work in a medical school. I've been working in medical schools in the past. So I know the considerable time it takes to graduate a medical doctor so that they are confident and they have that ability to practice in a safe manner. So that is always going to be an issue. And it's the same with other healthcare workforce or healthcare professionals, whether it's nurses, allied health professionals. So the other reasons why we need to consider artificial intelligence is also physician burnout. And this is relatively a new phenomenon here in Australia, but it's been around so in the United States for a long period of time because of the requirements to fill considerable administrative forms and a lot of information on the electronic health record. So I can go on about the problems with healthcare, including the growing aged population, the chronic disease burden. But what I'm trying to convey is that really we can't keep up with the status quo and we've got to be open to technologies. And I firmly believe both from a theoretical and an applied point of view, artificial intelligence has got some merit in addressing these varied problems. 
Love that answer, by the way. You mentioned quite early in about, did you say an intrinsic value of artificial intelligence? I'd love to learn a bit more about what you mentioned there. Yeah. So if you think about what, uh, probably getting into a little bit of the technical aspects, but I'm sure, uh, Pete, you being a health informatician and a lot of your listeners being clinicians and health informaticians, they can appreciate what I'm talking about, but I'll keep it simple. So when you look at machine learning as such, it's really a advanced statistical technique or advanced data analytical technique where it really has that ability to recognize patterns, relationships between data, much more than any other statistical approach. And that is something that really we didn't have access to in the past. And then when we look at medical practice, it's really utilizing data from various sources to make clinical judgments to either for diagnosis, prognosis, or treatment and management. So you can start to see the kind of symbiotic relationship that potentially this data, advanced data analytical technique can have with uh, clinical practice. And that's why I think AI has this intrinsic value that can appeal to clinical medicine and medical practice. In the past, other statistical techniques or even classical machine learning approaches like expert systems didn't really meet the needs of clinicians and it required cumbersome manual sort of preparation. But now with the advent of deep learning in spite of its black box issue, has a much more advanced capability to analyze complex, non-hierarchical, unstructured data unlike any other machine learning technique. So that's why you're seeing a lot of this results coming in through which haven't in the past, especially with medical imaging analysis and other areas like natural language processing and so forth. We've talked quite a bit about, you know, the potential and some of the history when it comes to artificial intelligence in healthcare, and you paint quite a positive picture looking at there's no foreseeable winter coming up and the hype is probably, it's still there. However, there's a lot of substance as well when it comes to healthcare. Often it comes down to the execution side and clinicians embracing it and systems embracing it. How well do you think AI has been adopted and executed when it comes to, I guess, the end delivery of healthcare? Yeah. So let me qualify that earlier statement when I said that firmly said that there's not going to be an AI winter, but there could be an AI autumn where <laughs> I like it. Hype, <laughs> the hype doesn't match the reality and yeah. people start to lose interest or there may be a less uh, application of artificial intelligence in medicine. The other scenario could be when artificial intelligence acts as an autonomous agent without human supervision and it leads to some kind <laughs> of medical mishap and there's a lot of negative coverage about what's happened and then clinicians and healthcare stakeholders may get scared of using AI. Mm. So that could happen. But the reason why I'm more and more confident now is there are many, many factors from an infrastructure point of view, the advent of GPUs, graphical processing units, but also availability of cloud service facilities from big tech and the lessening of the price to use those kind of advanced techniques the availability of machine learning platforms and so forth. And also from a policy point of view, several governments have already issued AI strategies, but they've also incorporated expert views, whether from computer scientists, but not just from a technical point of view. They also involved healthcare professionals, but also ethicists. So you start to see that there is a ecosystem being developed. In the past, it used to be either 
uh, universities or specific research institute or specific institutions that were involved with machine learning and that research and uh, application. But now we have a multidisciplinary, multi-sectoral sort of involvement. What it means is that you don't have one particular view being imposed. You have diverse kind of thoughts coming in through. Uh, you not only look at the benefits, but you also look at the challenges at the same time. And that's what is being done. That's why I'm much more confident about us not having an AI winter. But as I qualified earlier, you could have episodes where AI didn't work well or God forbid, sure. led to some sort of adverse events or medical mishaps. Of course. And I think that, you know, with it becoming more adopted, we need the adoption in order for it to work through the system and for us to, to learn, adapt and grow. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm keen also to look specifically, you know, to bring it closer to home as well. You know, you spoke generally about governments and groups and institutions building up their infrastructure and capability to improve adoption of AI in healthcare. How do you think Australia's going or gone in terms of embracing AI in healthcare compared to other parts of the world? Yeah. So one of the things we need to consider in healthcare is unlike other sectors where there is fast adoption of technology, whether it's an entertainment sector, retail sector, or the financial sector, healthcare has always been reticent, also been slow in adopting technologies. If you look at the use of faxes, that's been around for so many years and x-rays also have been around for so many years mm. so at one moment while the healthcare sector is reticent and is slow to adopt technology but also it is known to retain technology for longer periods than other sectors mm. so it's comes with like a double-edged sword so it will be some time before we start to see mainstream adoption of ai but it's quite promising if you look at what's happening in the United States, you're starting to see medical professional bodies issuing statements and policies about use of artificial intelligence. And Australia is not left behind in that, for that matter. We do have a national AI center. We also have professional bodies, especially among the radiology community adopting white papers or uh, statements about use of AI. But if you compare what's happening in Australia, whether it's in the healthcare sector or AI in general, we are really a little bit behind compared to what's happening in the United States and UK and other parts of the world. I think there could be much more investment, much more activity, but much more research and much more translational activities happening in healthcare. But I'm quite confident because nowadays most clinicians recognize the utility of artificial intelligence. What they are not sure is how to adopt it and utilize it in their day-to-day -day clinical practice. And that's where specialist colleges and other uh, bodies can play a role. So really, if you come to clinical practice, the only way artificial intelligence can be adopted is if it can be part of clinical guidelines. And this is where not just in Australia, but across the world, you don't see any clinical guidelines specifically mentioning use of artificial intelligence. Unless that happens, I can't see how artificial intelligence can become part of your day-to-day -day clinical delivery. Absolutely with you on that one. I'm also keen to learn a bit more about MedAI and that pursuit there. Tell us a bit more about MedAI, what it is, who it's for, what problems it's solving. So as I mentioned uh, some years ago, when I really was uh, restricted in terms of being able to utilize artificial intelligence beyond particular projects, 
And that's when I thought it would be favorable for me to actually set up a business where I could look at much more wide scale sort of utilization of artificial intelligence for various projects. And that's when I was able to, along with my business partner, set Media. Initially, we set it up as mainly as a consultancy advising healthcare institutions, clinicians about adopting AI and utilizing AI for their sort of pet projects or any projects that they had in mind. But then we started to see the value of actually having products of our own. And then we set up a e-commerce platform where buyers and sellers could sort of come together understand each other's needs. And that was said some years ago. Indeed, we continue to be the only e-commerce platform that hosts more than a thousand AI in healthcare products, whether it's in clinical decision support systems, natural language processing, or computer vision. We just uh, list all the AI and healthcare products that are there. And that really provides a kind of collaborative platform. The second area that we got involved was, just like as we today, we are talking about AI and healthcare application, we thought there's a need to educate not just healthcare professionals, but the general community about application of AI and healthcare. So we started to do workshops and we also have plans to provide online courses and masterclasses about application of AI and healthcare. That's under the AI Health Guru brand. The last one, which we really are very keen and indeed is our flagship product is which we are imminently launching is a diabetes self-management application. And that's been patented in the past, but also is drawing upon evidence-based medicine to address the needs of diabetic patients, specifically type two diabetic patients. So as you can see, Pete, we provide sort of varied services catering to different people in the market, but it also is something that I'm pretty excited about because mm-hmm. it actually draws upon my theoretical knowledge and medical experience and knowledge, but also provides some value to the community. Absolutely. It ties together a few different things there, doesn't it? Well, we'll put the details in the show notes of the episode for people to check out and get some more information if they're interested as well. And then to look at the future then, to think about artificial intelligence generally, I guess you've touched on a little bit there when it comes to all of your pursuits and some of the things we've talked about there, but what excites you about the future of AI and healthcare? What do you think it's going to look like? I think if you want to look into the future, we need to look into the present as to what the healthcare sector faces in terms of its problems. As I mentioned, we are quickly running out of solutions. In fact, there are no solutions I can think of unless we start to explore out-of-the-box solutions. AI does have a role, but I think we need to be careful about understanding the limitations of artificial intelligence and potentially the adverse effects that could happen if we don't have a human oversight of artificial intelligence. If you take that into account, I think the future is very, very bright. We can see a lot of lessening of the dependency on overburdened physicians, the clinicians will still remain in control, but they don't have to get engaged in mundane administrative tasks. What that means is there will be less physician burnout. But also when you look at the access issues with the advent of and acceptance of telehealth and incorporation of artificial intelligence technologies, a lot of people who are living in rural remote areas who can't access specialist service or even primary care services will now have the benefit of accessing healthcare. And also, if you look at other issue, which I didn't mention about is the medical errors, and Mm. they do unfortunately happen with the standardization of medicine and with the incorporation of clinical AI guidelines, I think that also will 
reduce and which means it's a win-win situation both for the patients and for the physicians too so there's a lot of things that can be addressed through incorporation of artificial intelligence and that's why i think we need to make a concerted and a joint effort to start to understand what artificial intelligence can do but also how to actually incorporate it into the day-to-day delivery of clinical medicine Absolutely. What a great way to sum it up and what needs to be done and things to look forward to. Sandeep, I really appreciate you making the time for this conversation. Like I said, we'll put the details of the things that you're up to in the show notes of this episode for people to check out within their podcast player or on our website as well. Looking forward to watching things progress with yourself and also with MedAI. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Peter. And it's been a pleasure and a privilege to be here. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.